Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Spider-Man Far From Home, directed by John Watts and released in 2019. The plot of the movie goes something like this. Following the events of Avengers Endgame, Spider-Man must step up to take on new threats in a world that has changed forever. And now we'll do a little spoiler-free section to let you guys know whether or not you should see this movie. Melissa, should people see Spider-Man Far From Home? Yes. But I'm going to warn listeners up front that after I saw this movie, like within 72 hours of seeing this movie, I had a baby. So my memories (laughs) recording this after the event – And it's been a while. It's only been a week, but it feels like it's been a while to me. So, yes, I think people should see Spider-Man Far From Home because Tom Holland is adorable and I really like him in this part. And these movies are quite a bit of fun. Like, I don't love everything about this movie, but I also kind of love spending a bit more time in this universe, especially because the Spidey-verse kind of feels like an extension of the Iron Man-verse. So, yeah, I think people should watch this movie. And honestly, they probably are anyway. Um, yeah, I feel like if you want to see this movie, you're probably going to see it anyway. But yeah, if you like Spider-Man and if you like Marvel, then you'll probably like it. It's really enjoyable. I had a really good time watching it um, mm. and then am now struggling to remember a lot of it. But <laughs> you me both. <laughs> well, it's cute and it's fun. Jake Gyllenhaal is such a dream in this movie. There's He's so attractive in it. to it though, is it? Like it's cute and fun and nice, but like, yeah. Yeah, but see – Yes, I agree with you. What I feel like is I would love just a whole TV show of this mm. where like every week I could just sit down and hang out with these people because yeah. I enjoy their company so yeah, much. That's, I yeah. just really enjoy watching the movies. Like mm-hmm. I really, really like um, – God, her name's just fallen out of my head. You know, the Oscar-winning actress who was in oh, this movie. Oh, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Um, who, by the way, I really love her in My Cousin Vinny. Mm. I will always defend her in My Cousin Absolutely. Vinny. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but, you know, I love her as Aunt May, and I love Zendaya, and I love Tom Holland, and I love Jake Gyllenhaal, and it's so much fun to watch them all. And I love Ned, and, you know, mm. it's so much fun to watch them all interacting yeah. and hanging out that I just want to do it all the time. Yeah. So it doesn't, like, it doesn't really matter to me exactly. what the plot is. I just and, like and, it. Yes, I know. And uh, like I've been watching The Chef Show on Netflix, so now I'm like I feel like John Favreau is like a personal friend of mine. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. Like, you know what? This is fun. Why not hang out with these people? And that's yeah, I think that's where I'm at with this. It's it's nice. It's like spending two happy hours with friends. Yeah, and it's exactly what you need after the stress of Endgame mm. too. It's it's just not stressful. No. And there's some stuff in it that's genuinely really cool and interesting. Mm. I just feel like there's also a bit of filler in it. Yes, I think so too. Um, So, yeah, we should probably get into discussing what all of that means. So if you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home and you would like to, please pause the podcast now, go see the movie and come back to it after you've seen the movie. And we'll let you know what we thought. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. That's the most accurate of reviews of this thing. I just like hanging out with these people. Yeah, is it's um it's like it's such a fun ride, I think, and it's just such mm. a fun time to be to spend in the in the cinema watching the movie mm. that like you don't really think about the fact that the plot is kind of thin. Yeah. And the plot is kind of thin, but all the people that they put in the plot are really great. Yeah. And really fun. <laughs> and really fun. I so enjoyed Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. And Jake Gyllenhaal so enjoyed being in this movie. He did. <laughs> you can tell he is just like shining with glee. I know. <laughs> the whole thing. He's having the best time. He's <laughs> just 
I don't know. He's like, I'm going to do a Tom Hiddleston in this, like this, this prestige actor just showing up and giving it everything and clearly enjoying himself. Yeah. Well, there was a time when he was rumored to be um, Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Back in um, the Tobey Maguire days, probably. Yeah. So I think mm. he's a bit of a fan. He mm. clearly gets on well with Tom Holland. Um, they have been really good on the press tour. They have been really good on the press tour. So yeah, it's just, it's just fun. The, I think one of the biggest problems they have with this movie is that they introduced Mysterio. Yeah. And everybody knew Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be playing Mysterio. Mm. So there is absolutely no secret as to whether or not he's the villain at any point. No. I was so kind of hoping that they wouldn't make him the villain and it would be someone else because it was such an obvious twist. It was so like and, – and it also is so reminiscent of the Iron Man 3 Mm. twist as well like it's a lot of similarities there yeah yeah i mean well uh, yeah as soon as it was announced he's mysterio mysterio's villain you know we know how that works it would have been more interesting to kind of do something else with him yeah and in nine man three they did do something else with him but people hated it i guess but it still kind of reminded me of that in that it was a like it's all been set up yeah it's not real like he's not really magic or anything like that and the thing is, when he was nice, he was so pleasant. Yes. Um, but when he was evil, he was having such a good time. Yes. So, like, like he, he, he was more fun once he turned. He brought in some of that Nightcrawler manic energy mm. to it. Um, no, he, it, and that's like, it is really good casting of Jake Gyllenhaal. Like, that's the stuff he does really well. He doesn't do straight up nice or good very well. He's much more, he's much better at the, in the, in the more ambiguous stuff. He, he, I think he's good at both. Hmm. I think he's very good at the ambiguous stuff as well. But like, I, the, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal of my youth, I remember being very good at just being a stand up nice guy. <laughs> well, I mean, he certainly seems that way as a person. Yeah. But I mean, the stuff that I watched that he was in, like, um, I think the first thing I saw him in was October Sky. So I go way back. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he just plays a, you know, nice nerdy kid in that movie. So Jake Gyllenhaal was one of the early ones for you. Like you often will pick out young male stars on the rise before they rise. And I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal was like, I think I watched October Sky in, when did that come out? I feel like it was high school, but yeah, it might like have been the a bit 90s, later. I think. I-, I remember that coming out too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, 1999. Yeah, 99. Yeah. So yeah, high school. I don't think I saw it when it came out. No, I think I saw it on on DVD or something. Mm. But it was around a similar time to that. And uh, yeah, I was like, yes, good. <laughs> I think I've seen that too. I just looking at the pictures. I'm like, I remember that movie. Yeah, it's got the sick teacher in it. Yeah, yeah. And he makes rockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a great movie. But I remember seeing it. I remember thinking he was good in it. Yes. And that go- so that goes uh, – my relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal goes way back. Um, <laughs> and he, the thing is he is – like he's so pretty and mm. he's so hot in this movie. But he's also really talented. Yeah. Well, see, really I, don't, talented. I don't have a super big crush on him the way you do. And I just really think he's talented. Like yeah. I don't have that whole, oh, my gosh, he's so beautiful. I'm just like this guy is so great and magnetic and great to watch. Yeah. And the thing is – the, and he and Bo- Tom Holland are both like that. Mm. They're both attractive, both really, really magnetic and good to watch. Mm. And so when they're together, they're just fascinating and it's so much fun to watch them. And they clearly have great chemistry. Tom so. Holland. I just I wrote my notes after I saw the movie and I've just written Tom Holland, hard eyes emoji. But he's such a good actor. He There's is. a thing that he does at some point 
that's entirely with his eyes where I think it's I think he's when he's on the plane at some point and he just completely like it all happens in this micro movement that flashes across his face mm. I was just like this kid is so good and when he and watching him deal with this sort of awkwardness like there's a scene early on where he and he's doing a fundraiser for Aunt May for uh, mm. uh, oh, victims of the snap yeah. and um the like, blip the blip as they're now calling it but the way he kind of carries off Spider-Man's awkwardness and Peter's mm. like, you know, Peter's stuff and, and the difference in between the two, like when he takes the hat off, this takes his um, face off and puts it back on again. And he's just a really, really good actor. So I think it is the snap for everybody who was there the whole time, mm. but then the people who went away are calling it the blip because mm. of it bef- because for them it was such a different experience. Yeah. And, and there's, there's a line from Marissa to me about um, when she get, got back into the apartment and they thought she was an intruder, she snapped back to the Somebody apartment. Somebody thought she was a ghost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was really interesting too because <laughs> brings up a lot of the very serious problems that I have with the entire snap situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also everybody in Spidey's life who was important got snapped. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yep. Like May got snapped, uh, Ned got snapped, Zendaya uh, – MJ got snapped. Uh-huh. Um, even freaking Flash got snapped. Like, come Betty, on. Betty, yeah, everyone. Betty, yeah, everybody who was sort of important. Uh, the only person that we haven't seen is um, his love interest from the first one, mm. um, Michael Keaton's daughter from the first one. Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody who matters is just back here again. Like, nothing happened. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and oh, I mean, t- who knows about Tony Revolori? He's allegedly still in their class, but he's probably, he looks like, I mean, he looks like he's 32. So he's probably, he's been held back a lot of years. <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> I was like, because they were like, I'm like, I bet he hasn't got, didn't get snapped. I bet he's just telling everybody that he got snapped so he can just stay in high school with them because Tony Revolori looks 30 in this movie. Uh-huh. He does not look like he could possibly ever be a teenager no. in this film. It's so unbelievable. It's funny. He's great, but he does not look like a no. teenager. No, not even in the slightest. Um, yeah, so you were talking before about how Tom Holland does something with just his face. Yeah. When he is um, Night Monkey <laughs> and they're um, Ned and and, and, Gary. and Gary Rice are on the um, on the Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel. Just after, oh no! Just after that, when when uh, Mysterio, like he thinks Mysterio is du- dead or whatever, uh-huh. um, I wrote a note that says Holland emoting like crazy with just watery eyes visible, like a fucking king. <laughs> yes, because he he you can only see his eyes, and like we've watched a lot of movies where you can only see people's eyes, and we've talked about how some people are just not good at it, uh-huh. and Tom Holland just like made his eyes watery and just emotes like crazy, and you can only see his eyes. Yeah, no, this year when we talk about who should be nominated for Oscars, because last year we talked about how he deserved one for um, – not not on this show, on the on the radio. Um, we talked about how he deserved one for uh, Infinity War. Yeah. Genuinely, like the, the work that he does is outstanding in these movies. It's so good. And the thing so is, like, good. And he so provided – for Infinity War, he provided the whole emotional core for me. In this one, he's got a lot more support for emotional core. Like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people who are good at that in the in Far From Home, but he's still like he's so good. He is so good at what he does that it's just impossible to not watch mm. him. Actually, I watched Booksmart this week, and um, and Beanie Feldstein gave me the same feeling. Where she- I was just like, I can just there's other people on the screen, and I'm just like, I don't care. 
Beanie Feldstein, I was um, thinking about her the other day, actually, because there was this thing going around on Twitter, like, who would play you in the movie of you? And I'm like, I want her. Yeah. <laughs> She's so great. She is so great. Yeah. She's so, so great. Um, okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go through – I wrote a lot yes. of notes, and I feel like there are some things that are, like, really big in this movie, and you might – miss a lot of the littlest stuff yeah i so think that I would be really go good through because everything well now that we've started talking about it you've jogged my memory but obviously given the events of last week i haven't i hadn't sort of thought about it since then so let's do that okay and the other thing that's really really important about spider-man far from home is that there are two post-credit scenes and they yes. both significantly change the movie that we've just watched mm-hmm. like i that one of them to me was not a surprise but we'll get to that I wonder which one, because one of them to me was not a surprise as well. I, th- I assume it's the same one, and I assume it's because of the overheard conversation between. No, it's a different one, right? But I, I did pick up that conversation, but no, it's a different one that okay. was not a surprise right. to me. So right. one of them, <laughs> we we both kind of picked okay. well, different ones. Start at the very beginning. Um, so yeah, so the very beginning, we open on a town in I think somewhere in South America mm-hmm. that's being just. Dis- I wrote casual destruction of non-white cities where Maria and and Fury show up. Mm. And Maria's like, well, it's a tragedy, but it's not really our thing. And then there's a big monster thing. And mm-hmm. and uh, and then Mysterio comes rocking in with his fishbowl helmet. Now, here's a thing that question that I have. If you were creating this whole thing with illusion technology and everything from the beginning, why would you do the stupid fishbowl helmet? <laughs> I don't know. Like, the only reason they have that is to make him look like Mysterio from the comics, but Mysterio mm. from the comics is like a sorcerer or something. Yeah, so that's why he uses the fishbowl thing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense with the like what they've got going on in this movie. If him down a dumb fishbowl helmet, it yeah. doesn't look cool. No. He's try- like, Jake Gyllenhaal is purposely trying to make the greatest superhero of all time. Why would you make him look like that? No, exactly. That's bizarre no, to you, me. I mean, you definitely make yourself look like Jake Gyllenhaal, but you t- well, no, but Jake Gyllenhaal already looks like that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Although there was really interesting in that flashback scene where he looks so much more like his Nightcrawler character yeah, and he yeah. didn't have like all the, the stubble and everything that makes him look more like a superhero, which mm. I thought was really interesting. Yes, yeah. But why – I mean, it's so dumb to put the fishbowl on his I head. Know. But, yeah, it's because it has to look like the thing from the comics. That, yeah, to me that's a problem. <laughs> but, yeah, so we see that happening. That's our intro to – jake's character and then we get the i will always love you slideshow oh my god i'd forgotten about that until this very minute that got so many laughs it got so many laughs but also i love the reaction of everybody in the cinema when it first starts and everybody's just like what yes and i immediately as soon as it started was like oh this is something that like ned's done for you know but then then it turns out to be like on the school yeah i i thought it was going to be something ned had done on the internet as well yeah yeah but still yeah hilarious like the comic sans so and the um some of the photos have got like getty images watermarks on them and stuff yeah yeah that was so great. Magnificent. Just all the little details and so how they perfect. Yeah, I loved perfect. that. Very high school. Um also one of the kids was Angari Rice and the kid from Bumblebee, whose name I forgot, oh, who right. was also in um uh, uh, Alita. Oh, that kid, yeah, yeah. Who I kind of feel like has been hamstrung in most of the things that I've seen mm. him in and could be really good but is not really good in most of the things I've seen him in yet. Jorge Linderborg Jr., is that what he means? That's him? Yep. Yeah, I immediately recognized him and I was like, oh, yeah. But, again, he's he's barely in this. No, no, just in that, that scene, I think. Yeah, so 
Yeah, he doesn't really feature in the the European adventure. No, he doesn't go. He doesn't go with them. There are some characters that go with them that never get lines and are just around the entire time. So to make up the numbers, yeah, to make up the number, which I always thought was kind of it. It just feels strange to me. Like yeah. they could have given them names and like one personality trope, you know. I, they they dragged the same people around to all the different locations. They could have at least given them a name and like a line. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's more just like you need to have the impression that this is a school trip and, you know, there's like 14 kids on it or whatever. Yes, but see, that's the thing. I think giving it that bit more depth and giving it a bit more stakes would have made that feel like more of this – a bigger part of the story. Hmm. And I think one of the weakest things about it is the concept of the the European field trip. And so, like, if they'd worked on that a little bit more, because there's a lot of problems that I have with that whole thing, partly J.D. Smoove, who plays the other teacher, who is fucking terrible. Hmm. He's so out of place in this movie. Everybody is just killing it with their line delivery, and then he comes in and says something that just sounds like it's just been read from a script. Yeah. It's not like he has no comic timing. He's not funny. I just was dreadful. I was so put off by him. Yeah. You know? And it, well, and they were also doing the whole bad teacher trope with him of like him, you know, I'm just taking an Ambien and I'm going to sleep to all, all the way to Europe and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you were saying that Martin Starr was portrayed as bad teacher, but I, I really felt him in this movie. Yeah. Well, it was more that um, most of the time, because I, I was like, oh, this is a really good teacher. Because at first when they're like, oh, Peter's um, near somebody who's got a very strong fragrance and he's allergic, he full-on did a proper teacher protocol. He yeah. like, come down here, sit with me, you swap that. Yeah. Let, we've, got, we've got to take this seriously. And I was like, oh, my God, yay, someone competent, right? Yeah. And then like two seconds later he starts talking about his ex-wife and his divorce and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that was very much his character in the first one and also mm. is very much a Martin Starr character kind of – staple yeah um, but, but most of the time though on the trip though he was like ah, oh, like every time the plans changed you could see that he was frazzled and <laughs> h- was kind of hilarious but there's this moment where he like that the kids are arguing i think it's the um hot asian boy oh yeah they're talking yeah. to him about taking naked uh, taking pictures of people in the bathroom or something like yeah, that yeah yeah which that was not a bathroom either very strange but he says something like Let's all just, you know, try to be nice to each other, go somewhere, have a good time and relax. Doesn't that sound good? Yes, Mr. Harrington, that does sound good. Okay, let's go. (laughs) And I was in that moment, like, I've never felt more seen by the movie, I think. Because the number of times that I've done something like that, that with a class of kids who are just not paying attention and just like quibbling about their own crap while there's something much more important going on (laughs) it's so high (laughs) that i just i really felt him in that moment and a lot of those moments where he was just like um we have to go to this place now surprise i guess (laughs) um that I really kind of uh, – I, I felt very connected to him in those moments. Yeah, right. And it, those were the moments where, like, he actually felt like a real person teacher. Yeah, yeah. Which is what movies get wrong so often. Well, and, it's and- like they're we're either, like, seen as totally incompetent or shining beacons of perfection who only care about teaching yeah. when most of the time we're kind of sarcastic and frazzled. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Trying to do our best. 
That seems like me most of the time as well. I've just remembered now from uh, Homecoming as well, like he's taking them on the field trip to Mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. And Zendaya is like, I'm not going to go up the Washington Monument. It was built by slaves. I don't think that's appropriate. And like he, he, he's perfectly serious about it. And he's like, that's absolutely fine. You can make that choice. Mm. Like, yeah, he's a good teacher. He is. Yeah, I think it's just... Um, There's just a couple of times where he kind of boils over and, he, and it's almost understandable. Yeah, but I, I think that that kind of Martin Starr stuff where he's like talking about his ex-wife and things is... Um, that You know, those are the bits where they're trying to make it too funny. Yeah. And to me, it's a lot funnier when it just feels real. Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't mind it as much um, in this yeah, one. Yeah. A lot of the time I really... And that he wasn't portrayed as like a terrible teacher in this. No. He tries to keep everybody together as much as he can and, and you know, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but again, that, that storyline is kind of downplayed. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it, I think it also creates an atmosphere. It's just part, it creates the atmosphere of the movie, which is to say it's very relaxing to watch and fun and it's mm. nice to hang out with these people. Yeah. So you were talking before about the uh, the scene where Spider-Man makes a visit at uh, Aunt May's fundraiser. fundraiser, but everybody starts asking questions about Iron Man and he just like, he just nopes out, but he nopes out straight up. Yeah. <laughs> Which I found very funny and nobody else really found very funny, but I found it hilarious that he just goes, nope, I'm out, bye. And he goes straight <laughs> up. Yeah. It's just a really interesting way of exiting a conversation. Like, you know, it <laughs> feels like a meme. Yeah. It's like me facing all of my problems. Nope. Okay, bye. Then it comes to, I think what might have been the funniest through line of the movie for me which is his peter tingle <laughs> oh my god i'd forgotten about that that was amazing like marissa tomei you total champion she's a, a lot of people complained when she was cast as aunt may because she's young but she's so good at it she is so good and she's cast because she's the same age as robert downey jr like yeah she is the appropriate age for an aunt of a 16 year old boy she's in her late 40s early 50s mm. That is the exact age. And that is what people who are in their 50s look like. They don't look like little old grannies with their hair, their gray hair in curls because, like, people are different now. Yeah. Like, that is what, like, a 52-year-old woman – I mean, she's obviously, like, she's an actress and, they're, and wealthy, so therefore, like, has amazing skin and hair and all that kind mm. of stuff. But still, like, it's yeah, – it's, she She's also – she's actually age-appropriate. Yeah. I love her look in these movies with the, like the sort of modern hippie kind yeah, of thing that she has going dippy, on. Yeah, hippie, like long dresses in big glasses kind of thing. It's yeah, cute. It is with her very long hair and stuff. She just there, – there's like it, – it's such a complete character the way yeah, that she is even, styled and the way that she yeah, plays her. Even down to like the ambiguous romantic entanglements and stuff mm. like that. Like as much as her and Happy, I was like, uh, you just did this because they had somebody had to hook up with her. But – I also kind of liked it because it was like it is the kind of awkward, stupid stuff that like grieving people who've been through some shit do. But also, they have pretty good chemistry. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty great together. Well, as, as you know, my personal friend John Favreau, <laughs> he's a great guy. They, but they do. They they just seem to yeah. you know click really. They, it 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 feels a lot better and more natural than she did with Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Well, that was well that felt more like he came in and started hitting on her yeah. as opposed to this one, which feels like the kind of organic thing that would happen in that situation mm. because she's, you know, like widowed. She's been blipped as well. Mm. So she, and she, um, 
she's got her own you know stuff going on and especially with her um her son yeah there's a, a moment in this movie where happy refers to tony as his best friend and i was like dude he was not oh, your best honey. friend I know. Rhody is definitely tony's best friend and also like you worked for him yeah i know i saw that it was funny it was well, that's a but that's a little interesting bit of characterization for happy though because so much of He's an interesting kind of – he's so tied up in being part of the Stark organization. Like that is all he's ever done. He's driven and done security and all that. And so he's really tied up in his identity as part of that like Stark organization. But, yeah, he he kind of forgets that he's an employee. I think we were talking a couple of weeks ago about – I can't remember what movie it was, but like um, sometimes like servants and like – Parasite. Parasite, yeah. We're talking about, yeah, household staff who over-identify with the employers and the class of their employers at the expense of what their own lives are like. Mm. And, and I think there's something to be said there about, about the way he kind of identifies in that sense. Yeah, exactly. And then trying to find his own identity post-Tony's death yeah. um, is interesting. Well, but, that, yeah, yeah. It, it still made me laugh to hear him go, oh, he was my best friend. I was like, I no, he was not. Yeah, that got a bit of a yeah out of our audience too. But maybe they were writing it that way. I don't know. <laughs> I also wrote the note, May is Bay. <laughs> um, uh, when she said that you can dodge bullets but not bananas, which was really funny to me, and then she was calling it his Peter Tingle, and then she were, uh, she said, oh, um, take the suit with you. I have a tingle about it. <laughs> it was just like, I love her. I love her delivery. And putting <sighs> the banana in his luggage as well, that is so her because, like, Anybody with half a brain knows you can't, like, send fruits and vegetables out of the country, right, for quarantine. But also, like, that is totally, like, he needs to have a healthy snack. I'm worried about him having a healthy snack. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's a superhero. He needs to, you know, keep eating and keep up his energy. That's right. Um, Yeah, and it it sort of fits with the sort of slightly hippie persona of, like – Someone who wouldn't want to buy, you know, prepackaged snacks in plastic. Yeah. So the Asian kid that goes on the trip with oh, them. Oh, my God. Um, now, didn't have a crush on Jake Gyllenhaal, but hot Brad. Oh, <laughs> boy. That was really funny, though, because, like, he – during that video that the kids do at the school, the mm. news thing, they show a picture of him, like – Pre, so they were talking about how, uh, you know, some it's really weird for the kids because some of them have aged and some of them haven't. Uh-huh. And so they did, they did a picture of like a before and after picture of him <laughs> yes. specifically, um, where he was like this really gawky kid before and then he turns into just like the epitome of gorgeousness. Um, which so like as soon as he came back, I was like, oh wow, definitely that kid. So they really set that up mm. nicely just as a filmmaking technique, completely independent of the hotness no, of this child. He was great. Um, uh, he's he's Australian, Remy He. Okay. Anyway, yeah, he was gorgeous, and also like he had he had to play this sort of I'll call it the James Marsden role of like the person who actually knows who's actually quite on top of what's going on for reals and is not off base with his suspicions or what's going on, but he also it's his job to like stand aside and let the hero get the girl. Yeah, I mean, he is off base with what he thinks is going on. Like, he's completely yes. wrong about what he thinks is going yeah, on. Yeah, but he's but, also got an idea that something is wrong. Yeah. That's the. That's not that he's right about it. It's that he's. Yeah. He, he's he's put two and two together and made five. But also, the only reason that he um, is a bad guy in this movie is because he's in opposition to. Yeah. Um, Peter. He's if, the James Marsden role. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, like he's not a bad person. He's just like really, 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 really ridiculously good looking antagonist to our hero. Yeah. Um, Minor antagonist. Yeah. 
um, during that whole uh, allergy bit, Martin Starr says, your safety is my responsibility. Yeah. And I was like, thank you. That's why I was like, he's a good teacher, right? Because he's taking it seriously and actually – like taking his job seriously because I'm like there's two teachers and there's like 14 kids on this trip and there there would be there's like serious legal responsibilities there yeah that is also the place where I wrote to Holland best face <laughs> I meant Tom Holland clearly didn't type that in properly uh-huh. but like uh, he clearly made a face at that point <laughs> like yeah I don't remember what it was I don't I think yeah but I, I'm pretty sure that the face I was thinking of when I went geez this kid's a good actor where well, he needs an Oscar for this was during the the flight yeah yeah, no, there's there's quite a few times when he is really, really impressive. There's the flight, because I was thinking of the flight later mm. um, when he's on the plane with Happy that just, like, tore my heart out of my chest with his little red eyes trying to talk about Tony and, like, oh, my God. That might have been it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah. he does really good He does really good acting in both those plane yeah. scenes, just in different ways. He does, <laughs> does really good acting the whole time. And the, there's another bit on the plane with Happy where he's, like, engineering his suit and all that kind mm. of stuff and i love that nerdy stuff um the, the the nerdy side of spider-man stuff yeah 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 no he does a lot of different things in this movie it gives him a lot to do which is really mm. nice i wrote mj and pigeons so clearly they've arrived in europe <laughs> um i just thought that was a cute moment and her becoming obsessed with what was a bow yeah the anti-aloha as she called bo. it yeah, yeah. bow in um in, in italian. italian that was really funny yeah. i love her like outlook on life it's very entertaining yeah i she's really like the way she plays she's firstly she's a really good actress but the way she plays that character is very singular as well Mm. like she's just this person who is living her life and she's very like self-actualized is the word i want to say which is a really stupid like psych term but it's like she doesn't have any kind of she knows who she is and she has no sort of qualms about following other people, what other people think of her. She has a really strong moral code and set of values that she lives by and has absolutely no trouble sort of setting boundaries, doing what she thinks is right in all situations. It's a really, really good characterization. Yeah, there's all that stuff, but she's also very awkward and yeah, yeah. um and like has trouble connecting with people well, and be, partly I think because of that yeah because she doesn't she's the kind of person who just isn't worried about what other people are thinking, which makes it really hard to kind of know how to interact with other people. But there's also a uh, a really interesting lack of self consciousness yeah that she that Zendaya is bringing to this role because Zendaya is very beautiful mm. and in you know real life and in in on red carpets and things she will be very glam yeah and MJ is very unglam mm. but even down to like the way that they shoot her yeah like she will have like shorts up her nose and she'll like pull her head back and have almost yeah. a double chin and all this sort of stuff yeah and her in, hair is like doing whatever and yeah. her clo- she doesn't really worry too much about her clothes and so she's not really like they're not trying to get the beautiful shots of her all the time yeah and she's a bit taller than tom holland is mm-hmm. as well and they're just not like stressed about any of that stuff which yeah. i think is really really cool yeah um which is always the funny thing about like Pepper and Tony as well. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, I like normalizing the, taller yeah. women with shorter men yeah. because it's stupid that we have this convention that men should be taller. No. It's ridiculous yeah. and it's dumb and it means nothing. Yeah. I so know. I really enjoy that about them, that they just don't, like, no. they just don't care. It just doesn't matter. 
I also made a note about Angari Rice's blue plastic 90 sunnies. We haven't yet addressed the fact that Ned and Betty have this like it was my, summer romance. One of my favorite things was Ned and Betty getting together over the summer. It was wonderful. Well, it's so funny because especially the setup of it was that they ended up sitting together because of the, the allergy when, yeah. when Peter uh, when Ned pretended Peter had allergies to yeah. try and get him to sit with MJ. Yeah. What ended up happening was that Ned and Betty hooked up instead. But also, like, again, and okay, it's much more typical to have a, like, an overweight guy with this traditionally beautiful yeah. girl in movies. But the way that they p- played this one was so entertaining. Mm. And it wasn't really like it was a factor in it. Yeah. Like, you know, it was sort of this momentary madness thing for both of them yeah they They both were just like this is we are meant for each other because they're both giant nerds they then they discovered that you know they have so much in common no but it's also like this kind of it only lasts the The, european trip which is such a and and yeah so it's both like these people that you uh you sort of don't see it at first and then you realize why they hook up but also teenagers yeah it's very it is very teenager and it's very that kind of very but, that kind of trip to have yeah. somebody that you've hooked up with over that trip but and also, then go oh we're done with the trip now and i'm done with you now bye there's also something very gen z about this the kids in this movie as well yeah. like the whole because we talked about zendaya before and her just like i've got really st- strong boundaries and um, i'm really good at, at like knowing what i want in the world but also i'm extremely awkward which is definitely a mood but the, there's also that the, they used to like at the end of the trip they're like trying to be really mature about it. like yeah. oh it just didn't work out and like you know very like a generation that's kind of grown up with you know therapy talk and things like that and and, and no, you know knows how to think about things like that yeah but they're also applying that kind of mature language to a relationship that was very was three immature. days long yeah <laughs> like it was very kind of very much an immature relationship mm. so yeah that was really funny to yeah. to to have that yeah. um okay so uh, then we get the first fight with the big water monster thingy. Yep. And I noticed that whenever Jake shows up, there's lens flares everywhere. Well, I mean, the camera just can't help itself. No, but also I think it's a it's a um, nod to the fact that it isn't real. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah, think that's so what that's the lens to, flares that, are for. It's a it's a um a te- filmmaking technique to show you that the drones are in action. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're putting the lens flares in to show you that that's it's not that it is kind of an illusion, which I mm. thought was really like I didn't pick it up then, but reading through my notes now, I think it's interesting. There's also a, a moment in that fight when Spidey runs along poles. Yeah, that's really really good. A lot of the time, Marvel fight scenes get a lot of flack for being like really too much and and too busy and you can't tell what's going on yeah i could tell what was going on all the time in this movie i could tell exactly what was happening in every fight i knew where everybody yes. was i could see what spider-man was doing it was so well shot this I film thought that that was one of the things i said coming out i really really appreciated that and like the use of the location they use the tower bridge in london at the end and you know where you are in the world it's a very famous and iconic landmark plus you also like seeing the inside of it so you have a, a real sense of the geography of not where you are but also like how the fight is going to go down and yeah. the, the sort of narrow space that you've got and windows and you know the fall into the Thames and all that kind of just really really well done and like and obviously like lots of CG is involved but when it comes down to it it's about a fight between these two characters and you can see how that goes yeah the only time it was super confusing was when Jake was purposefully confusing yeah Peter. I keep killing him Jake and Peter, which is not really helping. I, I wrote I down Angari and Ned, so. <laughs> yeah, same thing. I have to, I'm just going to call him Mysterio because I can't remember what the real name yeah, no, of, I don't of Jake Gyllenhaal's character was. But yeah, during that first fight, Peter also has a line that goes, I'm really strong and I'm sticky, which made me laugh really yeah, hard. Yeah. 
I wonder what he inspires me to be. Oh, that's that's the Flash line. Flash says about about Spider Man, he inspires me to be a better man. Yeah, yeah. And then he turns around, and he calls him dipshit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Very funny. Mm-hmm. And Fury likes making a dark and shady entrance, which is kind of interesting given what I found out at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is very true. But even from this first scene, this is the scene where his exposition keeps getting interrupted. Yeah, and he's already kind of feels. Out oh, of his he feels depth, off, right? Depth. Yeah. Like the whole movie, all the way through, I was like, "There's something really off about Fury and Maria in this movie. Like their their dynamic yeah. is off too. Like yeah. Maria is, uh, I mean, she is in a lower position in the military yeah. or in the spy organization than he. But is, she is you know. quite off. Like the, I think, and she's not acting like that in this movie. Mm-hmm. She's not acting like she's acting like they're completely equals. Yeah, yeah. Which was also very strange. There's a moment later on when um, Fury was like, "Oh yeah, I totally had my doubts about." Mysterio and and Maria's like no he, no he didn't he you know bought it the whole time and I was like that doesn't sound like something Maria would say yeah like that felt really off to me mm. and I couldn't put my finger on what it was and yeah. I knew that Cree conversation as well was important yeah anyway we'll get to that eventually there's a line that I think it's a Fury line where he says feigning an- anonymity and breathing through spandex yes and I was like this is such good writing I love the oh, writing the breathing in this through spandex thing was so good. Yeah, but it's it's that it's that feigning anonymity yeah, yeah. and breathing through spandex was like the whole line yeah. altogether was beautifully, beautifully written. Yeah, talking about the multiverse and then them undoing the multiverse in this, mm. or at least saying you know in this movie it wasn't real was interesting. Yep, Jake has a line where he says, "Don't ever apologize for being the smartest one in the room." Yeah, which a is very Tony. Mm-hmm. I think Tony might have said. Almost that exact line well, at yeah, some that, point. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, yeah, I very close. But, yeah, it was really interesting. Well, that, his... that sense of, yeah, that, well, yeah, I mean, it's like, because Spider-Man now is looking for a mentor and yeah. so, um, yeah, finding someone and, and that kind of seems to be that to him, yeah. Oh, and Fury has a line where when um, Spider-Man talks about Captain Marvel and he says, don't invoke her name. Uh-huh. So many things make so much more sense now. In retrospect, <laughs> In yeah, retrospect. they really do. I was distracted because my next line is Jake's so pretty. Mm. <laughs> it's like my next line after that. Then we've got that that van scene um, oh, yeah. in which my note is so much cinematography. Um <laughs> And I, <laughs> it's just a lot. It's just a lot. I'd like to order seven cinematographies. And I noticed that um the that flashes like internet following. He calls them flash mob. Yep, which is great. I want to know who voiced Edith. I oh, couldn't okay. find it. Uh, but Edith, yeah, stands for Even Dead. I'm the hero, which yeah, I thought yeah. was funny. That is very Tony. Those yep. sunglasses also were terrible on Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah, really but, great choice by the. But, ca- yeah, but they're the, the kind of ones that Stark slash RDJ has been wearing in recent years, so well, they yeah. were perfect. They were perfect, but they were really good choice because they look so awkward on Tom Holland yeah, as well. Yeah. Like they don't look natural it at makes, all. Yes, it's, it improves um, the whole thing. I made a note that said, um, uh, yeah. So that's the scene where he um, accidentally almost tries to kill Brad, which is. Yeah. Pretty iffy. I know we didn't know, but that kind of frustrated me a little bit. Yeah. Like, Peter's naivety in this movie was a lot. He was so naive in yeah. this movie a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, there is a yeah, Nick Fury line that's like, you be- oh, no, is it Nick Fury or is it is it Happy? Dude, you've been to space. I think it's Nick Fury. Fury, yeah. Yeah, which, again, also makes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because we've seen him grow and change through the events of Endgame, so... But I think there's there's a trust that he has in people mm. that is very much betrayed in this movie. Yeah. I wrote who starts stripping with the pants. 
because <laughs> when you know when he gets caught with his pants down with that woman and you're like there's no way that's just the dumbest thing that you could possibly do is to when take somebody tells you first. to get get out of your clothes is to take your pants off first it's uh. weird it's only for the setup for the next joke which annoys me yes I wrote, oh, Quentin, there you go. That's Jake Gyllenhaal's name because I wrote, Quentin is so sweet and funny and so totally not evil um, <laughs> after he said to Fury that that Peter was just thinking about how you kidnapped him. Uh-huh. Swinging around I thought looked really good in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked good for ages, let's yeah. face it, but it did look good in this movie. There was a moment when I got a bit confused. When, he, when his web shooter thingy f- came out. Yeah. I couldn't figure out what had happened in that moment, but I think what happens is it gets caught on one of the things that's making the illusion tech happen because that's what MJ finds. But it kind of looks like it bounced off a force field that's Mm. around that was around the the um, Ferris wheel. And I was like, maybe he's like putting force fields around all the people to protect Mm. them while he does this because he is the bad guy. But I don't know. Yeah, it was such an obvious setup as well when he goes, "This is for my family," and goes in and like pretends that he's going to die or whatever so i found the edith voice it is dawn michelle king who is one of the editors on the film oh okay so i think they just kind of were like we need somebody to do the voice interesting okay yeah i wrote a note that was a question what was the song in the bar when spidey talks to jake which i mm-hmm. found out was a town called malice because i recognized uh, the song but i couldn't yeah. place it no and i knew it was telling me something about what was going on right right but i couldn't quite f- figure it out in that moment we actually played it on the radio on monday um because uh, i was like what is that song cool, i know cool. that song because it was supposed to be my turn to play soundtrack so thank you for <laughs> stepping in um we also played goonies are good enough and i've got some lizzo queued up for next Jeez. week well one so, of us was off at a film festival and the other of us was off giving birth yeah you two had a great time on radio <laughs> yeah we did we've been playing whatever we want to on the radio it's great <laughs> i was really really disappointed that the mj saying oh your spider-man was in the trailer yeah yeah i wish they hadn't put that in the trailer that sucked mm-hmm. That would have been such a good scene to see for the first time in the movie. Yeah. Like, normally I'm not that picky about trailers, but that particular thing really made me upset. Yeah. Because it really spoiled the scene. It's also it's a, such a big thing. It is such a big thing. And it's such a big moment for MJ. And to put it in the trailer just really pissed me off. Yeah. And Peter trying to deny it for a bit, which was really great. Yeah. Um, well, the way those two played it was adorable. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's very unmarvel too. Like, Marvel will, like, tell actors they're going to a wedding when they're filming a funeral. Like, Marvel, you would think Marvel would be more careful with that kind of a reveal. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I, I just hate that that was in the trailer, though. Mm. It was really unfair to her character. To, yeah. Like, because she has this big reveal in that moment yeah. that she figured it out. And she was like, oh, yeah, I totally knew the whole time. Yeah. But still is surprised when Peter tell her, tells her that he is Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And um, also Peter has a line where he's trying to cover it for himself still where she's like, it, it, that Night Monkey guy was definitely Spider-Man. And he's like, well, maybe he's a Spider-Monkey. <laughs> Which I, oh, the whole night monkey thing. The whole night monkey thing Um, made me laugh so hard. I wrote, "God, Jake is great in this." That was the um when he was putting together the next scene that he was going to do and threatening those guys. And I was just like, "Oh, he's so good." The way he can turn on a dime, yeah, from like super genial to terrible and creepy is fantastic. And that's what like that pulling in that nightcrawler stuff. That's why they hired. I I mean, I know, I know it would have been interesting to do something different, but also that's why they hired him. And then, like, the way he calls – he says, yeah, hi, honey, to Edith is so creepy. Yeah. Like, he just does these little things that are really creepy. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, the <laughs> – 
So then he has the scene where he does the illusion magic at Peter, which mm-hmm. is a freaking great scene. Uh-huh. It's so good. It's so like this. The images that he's using to try and like overwhelm Peter are so interesting. Yeah, and. I mean, I don't know how he put it all together, but it's really, really super impressive. And even when he was picking, when Fury was picking up J- Peter, I was like, this is illusion tech. We know he has illusion tech at yeah. this point. What are you doing? But um, naive Peter. But he also uses really classic abuser language there where he's like, you're making me do this. I yeah. don't want to do this, but you're making me do this because you told people about it and you figured it out and stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, like we just, we've just mentioned like at least three red flags that, hey, honey, to Edith, the never be afraid of saying you're the, but never be afraid of being the smartest person in the room. Like all those are kind don't of. Don't ever apologize. Don't ever apologize. Um, they're all kind of red flags, if not necessarily for abuse, for people who are dicks. Yeah. But it is really interesting. And all the hero statues with uh, like cat fallen down and, yeah. and all that stuff. And then I made a note there that was like about fake news and truthiness. Yes. And people will believe anything. Yeah. That's the moment that I figured out that he was going to blame it all on Spider-Man and out Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Right. Then. Okay. Yeah. Right. So like I wasn't completely sure that he was going to out Spider-Man, but I knew he was going to blame it on Spider-Man at that moment. Yeah. See, um, oh, yeah. I didn't pick that twist, but when I saw it, I read the Civil War comic and that, and the reveal of Spider-Man is such a big thing that it only happens, I think, once in that comic. It's like a big yeah. event thing. And I think like outing Spider-Man is a really big thing in the comic, in, in yeah. the universe. And so, yeah, it was, it made perfect sense. But, um, and I, I was watching that going, I'm sure I've seen this before. I'm sure I've seen this before. Yeah. And it was on Daredevil. That's when they, somebody blamed it all on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was trying to, I'm like, I'm sure I've seen it in Marvel, yeah. in a Marvel movie. Did it happen in another Spider-Man movie or something? But no, it's in Daredevil. They blamed it all on mm. Daredevil, mm-hmm. which um, I, it, it didn't like, feel like a surprise at all to me but i think a lot of people probably don't watch the shows and stuff so it might not have been quite as much no, of a but it is a thing that happens in comics because secret ident- secret identities is such a thing yeah and in that scene as well um we get iron zombie <laughs> the zombie iron man yeah, which yeah. was really cool and creepy and then i wrote my peter got mean girls line which is about peter getting hit by the train oh yeah because that's what happens to regina yep, she gets hit by the yep. bus in mean girls um yeah right that whole bit oh man yeah and then he ends up in the dutch prison yes um <laughs> and and the somebody apparently really likes the netherlands who made this movie because yeah. that was an interesting odd little joke mm. the the prisoners who just close the, the, <laughs> the yeah, um, keep themselves in yeah the cell behind peter i was happy that happy got a hug Yes. I thought that was cute. There's a lot of hugging in this movie. It makes me happy. I like that. Yeah, there, it is a really friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He is a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. But it's also like, I don't know, There's it, it's a lack of toxic masculinity this is that what I appreciate about this. What's about this is being, this is a really like a, Gen Z, whatever they're called, like a new, this is like a new generation of, it feels a new generation in every sense of the word. Yeah. Like it definitely feels like these are people who are trying to leave some of the old behaviors behind. Yeah. So that's the incredible acting scene where I wrote Precious Baby with his eyes all red and voice all wobbly, my baby. Yeah. In capital letters. <laughs> yeah. I just about lost it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Happy plays back in black for him. Yeah. And he goes, I love Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which calls back to all the other movies he's yeah. been in. Adorable. 
Um, we have Nick and Fury, Nick, Fury and Maria talking about the Cree sleeper cells. Yeah, and at which point I was like, "Oh right, yes, that's going on, of course." Yeah, no, no, it sounds great. Mister Harrington said the class, which yeah. was my, one of my favorite moments. <laughs> uh, and the woman steam cleaning the cape. Yes, for, um, for Mysterio, get, which get was a ready. great I moment. I might be kneeling in front of the literal queen. <laughs> yeah, two hours. Um, oh man, the spider shoot was cool as well. Yeah. I didn't really feel like they needed to give Happy and all of the kids something to do during that fight. I didn't feel like it was all that necessary. It's kind of nice to see MJ, you know, beating up the drones and stuff, but it felt a little unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it was one of those things where they, a bit like with the Washington Monument in the first one, they wanted to use the location that yeah. they had. And so they, you know, um, the Tower of London and the Maces and the Crown Jewels and stuff. I guess that's fun enough. Yeah. Um, but it does give Happy a moment where he has a shield and he tries to throw it yeah. at the drones. He's like, how does Cap do that? Yes. It was great. Um, I wrote neat car trick, which I'm not totally sure neat was. card trick? Car. Like oh, oh. Spider-Man does something yeah. with a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what. No. Oh, I don't remember exactly what it is. But then right after that, he's on fire and he like drops into the water just enough to put himself out, which was super cool. Yeah. Um, I love all those little details in the fight scenes. Very mm. neat. That, and then I wrote the fight choreo. I can see everything. So I clearly like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Um, and when he picked up the Tower Bridge sign as a shield was great. Going, come on, Peter Tingle to try and beat Mysterio was great. Yeah. And Mysterio also um, notably takes himself out like Green Goblin did. Yes. Which I thought was a really interesting callback. Like that, I feel like that was very intentionally. I assume so. A callback that he kind of, it orders the drones to shoot at Peter Mm. and then Peter ducks out of the way and he shoots at himself. Yeah. The through line that I really liked with Mysterio, I just you were talking about it before when when talking about the steam cleaning the cape, I just remembered him coming off the green screen in his in his little room wearing a mo mocap suit and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I love that meta-ness yeah. of him as the director and also the star. Yeah, it was really cool. Um I wrote his eyes here and it could have been either of them. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that was referring These two to. amazing actors going at one another. Yeah. And then Peter says Terminate. I think, mm. like literally the line terminate, yeah. and I was like, oh, my God. Or is it – no, execute. Execute. execute I know. I saw that, and I just went, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like that Peter. was so clear that yeah. that was going to be used against him that when the credits rolled and it hadn't been used against him yet, I was like, what do you mean? Yep. Like that was yeah, such a setup. I was waiting for the shoe to drop, and then yeah. the shoe dropped. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just wrote, they are cute about uh. MJ and Peter. Mm. When Ned and Pe- Betty broke up, they're wearing matching shirts. Yeah, I thought it was funny. There's a little, there's a little through line in this movie of Flash, Flash's parents not caring about him at all. Yeah, um, there's something in like text messages yeah. early, and, and the chauffeur picking him up, and yeah, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, mother couldn't make it," and, and that's then, why he's so into having like online followers and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like a sweet kind of poignant little moment. We get a um a moment when Peter takes a selfie of himself flying through New York that is 100% a reference to the video game of Spider-Man. Well, there's another reference to the video game of Spider-Man, which in that post-credit sequence, which is, is well, the J. Jonah Jameson character being like a shock jock. So that in that video game, he's he's um like a like a outright YouTuber. Oh, I haven't played the game. Oh, okay. Sorry. But I was just really excited to see J. Jonah Jameson oh back God. In, see, uh, with J.K. Uh, J.K. Simmons, Simmons back. That was... That, like, I don't know if the whole audience went like that. My husband in the seat next to me went, <gasps> I squeal. Yeah. Like, the, we were just so excited to see J.K. Simmons show up as J.J. Jones Jameson. But that, that's a, a really clear to me reference to the video game in which 
the whole video game is soundtracked by J. Jonah Jameson, who I think has a – he might be a podcast. He has a podcast and he's like really reactionary, shock jock kind of guy. Okay. And he's clearly got a YouTube channel in this thing or whatever. And you just hear – all you hear the whole time is him ragging on Spider-Man, like really going after him. Yeah. It's so perfect. Okay. So on the wall behind MJ and Peter when they're on their flying date, which is a weird <gasps> oh moment. Oh, my God. Yes. It oh, says, one of my favorite on the things. wall it says, we are excited to show you what comes next yeah. behind them. Um, oh, cool. So, yeah, they go on their date. The credits are cute. Vacation is the song that's playing during the credits, yeah. which is funny. I don't know why I wrote oh, Pascal the, and Columbia. See, so their date, though, where she's absolutely shit scared at flying mm. through the sea. I was like, oh, my God. Finally, because I've been, you know, I've been watching Spider-Man and Superman and some of these other ones for years and watching like, you know, Superman take Lois around the city or yeah. Spidey take MJ. And I'm like, that would be freaking terrifying. Yeah. I would not enjoy that one bit. And she doesn't. Yeah, it was funny. And then I got really excited because I knew that I was like, I knew he was going to blame Spider-Man because it happened uh, up, like yeah. mid credits. And I was like, finally. Yeah. And then there's a shot of Peter holding his head. Mm. And like with his mouth wide open that I feel like is from something. Oh, right. From like one of the comics. Or the, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a reference or a comic yep. still or something as well. Ah, and then we get the uh, even more interesting post credits <gasps> yes. scene, which is. I have the- a note on this. It just says Mendo. Mendo. <laughs> I wrote Mendelssohn as well. <laughs> um, which is that the whole time Talos is in fact being Fury. Yeah. Which makes so much sense. Yeah. It makes so much sense. But I didn't know. No. Like when they when they did it, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But I didn't like pick it beforehand. Yeah. Well, I think I was more like, who is it? So I was a bit like, as soon as I had the conversation in the movie, I was like, okay, so someone's that uh, someone's a, a scroll, a Cree. Cray scroll, scroll, scroll. Someone's a scroll. The, yeah. yeah. Um. And I thought, well, he made the most sense, but also, yeah, I did have to that penny dropped, and I was like, oh, yep. Yeah, it all falls into place. He and Maria both being scrolls make so much sense because they were so off. They weren't right somehow. Yeah, yeah. And Fury wasn't – I think that – God, I've forgotten the name of the guy who plays Fury. (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson. Sorry, I nearly did there for a second too. Samuel L. Jackson does so – he's done such good work in this and Captain Marvel because in Captain Mm. Marvel he's playing a younger version of Fury um, and he does it so well and then in this movie he's playing somebody else playing Fury and he does it so well that you know something's wrong but you don't know what it is it's he is just doing such good work in these movies I really feel like people don't appreciate how much acting goes into all of this stuff no because they think that Samuel L. Jackson just plays Samuel L. Jackson and he doesn't no he's playing he's played like four different versions of Samuel L. Jackson as Fury in the last four Marvel movies he's been incredible he's Mm -hmm. just been doing such good work give genre actors an Oscar 2019 yeah and then we get Fury on the scroll ship yeah. Who knows what's going on with that? Not me. No, not But me. it was really interesting. Fury seems pretty chill, so. Um, it also made me think that maybe there's a lot of ways to walk back the Peter reveal. Uh-huh. And one of the ways I was thinking of was they could just have a scroll be Peter. Multiverse. Oh, yes. Or a scroll be Peter, yes. They could just have a scroll be Peter somewhere. Yes. And walking around while mm. Spider-Man's doing something and then be like, look, it can't be Peter Parker. He was over there while Spider-Man was doing this. Yeah. Um, that was my first thought as to why they put that in this. Yeah. Because they, there has to be a reason that ties it into this movie. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that might be it. Yes. Um, that they're going to do something like that. But yeah, they're obviously setting up for what is it? Secret Wars or whatever it is. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all being announced at, at Comic Con this Friday. Yes. So we'll find out. 
So that's the whole movie. <laughs> we went through the whole thing. Thank you for doing that. Uh, obviously, while you were watching it, I was doing something different. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that, I much appreciate that because it did bring back quite a few memories. So, yeah, ratings. Oh, um, I'm going to give it – I don't know. I think I'm going to – I know it's really light. Yeah. And it doesn't really contribute all that much, but I'm still going to give it four stars because I just enjoyed watching it so much. I was having the same thought, to be honest. Like, I'm going to give it four stars because I had fun. And it's nice to have a fun movie and and that's this well made as well. Yeah. So it's fun and it's light, but it is also everybody's doing their best work. Um, It's very well put together. It doesn't suffer from the terrible CGI battle problems of a lot of superhero movies. I don't see why it doesn't deserve four stars. And the plot is light, but everybody is acting so much in character. Like everything they're doing makes so much sense for the characters that the writing is really there. Yeah. It's really in how they're written, how they've written the characters and stuff. Um, I do feel like these are more kind of comedies than mm. action movies. And I went to see it with Jamie and he felt like it was two different movies. Like the first part was teen comedy and the second part was action and they're just kind of smushed together. Yeah. But I think the action actually does flow through it a bit better than that. Yeah. And I always like my action interspersed with a bit of comedy. So. Yeah. Yeah. And Tom Holland, man. Oh, that kid. He's so freaking talented. So freaking talented. And like also can dance. And sing. But, yeah. Maybe. The Umbrella video. I, well, I don't think. He, I don't know if he can Didn't sing. Didn't he play but, Billy Elliot? Yeah, but, oh, but Billy that's Elliot a dance. Doesn't... Oh, it's not singing. Okay. Anyway, uh, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we're at screen underscore queens on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.